Hello, everybody. Happy New Year. Welcome to the High Action Podcast. My name is Perry Smith, joining you from Brooklyn, New York, alongside the members of the New West Guitar Group. We got John Story. John, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Happy New Year, everybody. John's in some new digs, and he's got a ton of guitars back there, which we're excited to talk about more this uh, this coming year. And we've also got Will Brom from Los Angeles. Will, how are you doing, dude? I'm all right. I'm all right. Happy New Year to all. Yes. Happy New Year to everybody. Um, thank you to all of our dedicated listeners to the podcast. We've reached an exciting milestone uh, coinciding with the new year, which is 20,000 downloads. Uh, this is this is a real honor for us. So thank you for everybody who's been listening and tuning in to um, well, really the both seasons. Because our first season, we had a lot of great listenership doing all the different interviews from the, uh, the wonderful players that we were able to connect with. And now we're kind of shifting gears, trying to do a little bit more playing, talk about some of the experiences that the three of us have had over the years, and really kind of tie that in together with the first season. So we really encourage all of our listeners to engage with us, whether it be on the Patreon account, where you can um, subscribe and support this community directly and get access to um, videos of what we're doing, or also interact with us on our Instagram and our YouTube page. And you can comment about the topics that we're discussing each week and give us any kind of feedback or suggestions or anything you'd like to hear us talk about. We would love to hear from this wonderful community. So, um, speaking of about our community, one of the really important players in our community is the people that help support us. And we've had no bigger supporter over the years than uh, Hendrickson Amps. Um, Peter Hendrickson and all the people that make these wonderful amplifiers um, are based in Arvado, California. Uh, sorry, California. Arvada, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> and if only they were based in California, our job would be even easier. Um, these guys are awesome. They, they really have created an amp that works really well for our band. Uh, it's a clear and really balanced tone, uh, which I think is something that a lot of jazz guitar players are striving for with their sound. Uh, they're light. Um, they're really accessible to take to a gig or even fly on a plane. John, you've flown with Hendrix and Amps on a plane before, right? Yeah, with all of them, with the Bud and with the 10, and uh, just built a flight case for the 10, which is pretty fun. And uh, man, they, they are really great, and all, everybody out there should should check them out. Um, you know, we've got some promo codes, too. You can use, I think, promo codes, each of our names, John Story, Will Brom, or Perry Smith in the Hendrickson uh, store and you get five percent off your order yeah so take advantage of that for sure check them out at henriksenamplifiers.com um, we're just we're big fans of these guys they put on the rocky mountain guitar festival every or every other year uh, which is coming up in the fall so check out henriksen amps there's a amp company that we really believe in so shout out to them for sure all right. Well, uh, does anybody have any good stories about their New Year's Eve they're willing to share on the podcast? Will, what's up? I played at uh, Catalina's on December 30th and 31st with okay. Gordon Goodwin's big fat band. And uh, Catalina's didn't feed us on the break of the second night. So let's all give a big boo to Catalina's Jazz Club for not feeding the band on the break on New Year's Eve. 
Well, you, you know what they say, Will. What you do on New Year's is what you're going to do for the rest of the year. So, oh my God, like trust me, I know. Too much. I was, yeah. So the the bandwidth. Well, you know, you can just walk bandwich, right across man. the street to uh, In and Out. I think, right? Isn't that what's over well, there? Yeah, but you know, part of the whole New Year New Will thing is not eating at In and Out after Catalina's. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although that is one of the great joys of being a musician is finishing a gig. And then just settling into a plate of fried food or something, you know. I mean, that you got to experience that at least a few times. But, uh, I mean, yes. Mel Brown said when he met Wes and Jack McDuff on the road that Wes went out after the gig and said he wanted biscuits and gravy in Portland. He wanted to find the best biscuits and gra- and Wes like that was his routine <laughs> after gigs. So that was his vibe. Yep. We are we. <sighs> We know that well, but unfortunately, it's not the healthiest thing. Um, what about you, John? Any good New Year's plans? It, it ended up being an awesome New Year's. Uh, got to hang with some friends. Uh, we were supposed to have a gig with Jeff Goldblum up at Michael Feinstein's club in San Francisco, um, but Jeff's team bowed out of it at about a week before when we were in New York, they bowed out of it. And then Feinstein's asked Spencer day to cover for him, which I work with Spencer day too. So that was easy. And then, and then unfortunately Spencer couldn't um, get back into the country where he was at the, at the time. So we ended up just canceling new year's and, um, and my fiance and I have spent the last month getting our new digs in order. So it's actually, it was a really nice new year's and, I watched John Clayton, the great bassist, post where he was just kind of like playing live on Facebook into the new year, and he's and I just nice. grabbed my guitar and was just kind of playing, and yeah, it was a, been a great start to the year. I'm glad I had a little bit of a of a break from from the usual grind and stuff. For sure, yeah. Well, I I had a New Year's gig that was also canceled. My own gig with my trio, and unfortunately, I came down with. With the Rona, I got the Omicron. Um, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I feel totally fine. Uh, don't worry about me, but definitely had to rearrange the life a little bit. But as they say, this too shall pass. We, we will get through this eventually. Um, but yeah, be, be careful. Be vigilant. Definitely wear your mask because you don't want to have to quarantine and arrange your life um, for all this. But needless to say... The show goes on, and here we are with the podcast this week. Uh, This is episode 13, I believe, and we're going to be talking about um, some New Year's resolutions, which I thought would be a fun topic as we look forward to this new year. Um, You know, every week we've been talking about a different sort of theme that uh, we're all, you know, concentrated on as far as our musicianship and the things that we're working on as jazz guitarists. And um, for me, the New Year's resolution is a chance to kind of pick something that uh, is, is sort of manageable to achieve, but also something that I feel like will help my playing overall. And so I'll just get started with mine. And I figured we could pl- each play a little example um, to try to demonstrate or showcase whatever that resolution may be for each of us. So for me, the resolution I'm going to stick with this year is posture. And I know that this is one uh, that we've probably all worked on over the years, but for me, it's a really good reminder because I feel like if my posture is right, then a lot of things fall into place uh, in my plane. So to me, what that means is kind of releasing tension throughout your body, um, trying to develop a way that you're holding the guitar, whether you're sitting or standing, to where you feel like you can 
uh, not be hurting yourself in the long run, right? So if your neck is down, your head's down all the time, or if your shoulders are scrunched over, or even too far back, you know, these are things that can add tension and ultimately um, get in the way of your improvising and your comfort level with the guitar. And I think we can all agree that one of the big challenges of playing guitar, and especially a, a big jazz guitar box, is just being comfortable. You know, just being comfortable and being able to stay comfortable while you're playing. So, on that note, uh, I'm going to try to demonstrate something. And you guys can, can give me the feedback about how my posture looked over the Zoom here. But I'll play a tune. I think I'll play maybe all or nothing at all. And I'm going to try to keep my shoulders in a good spot. Um, actually, you mentioned John Clayton before, John. Uh, he was always really big on posture when he was playing. I remember studying with him a little bit, and he was one of the first things he talked about was good posture. So I'm going to try and keep my shoulders in a good spot, and I'm also going to try to keep my eyes in a good spot. They may veer down occasionally at my hands. I think that's important, but I'm going to really try to like help keep my eyes in a focused spot to help my posture work. So here we go. Let's give this a, give this a try. What did you guys think? Were my shoulders balanced or was I all over the place? Honestly, I was watching your fingers. Sorry. <laughs> uh, well, it, I think it helps. I think it can help focus your playing if you're help focusing your body. You know, that's, that's definitely one thing that I'm going to strive for from uh, in this new year. Even when you're standing. I mean, how many of you guys have, you know, been in that position where you're either performing and, and you're you're kind of like moving too much and it's almost like you know making the plane harder on you you know yes, or, sure. or you're seeing somebody up there who's kind of oscillating back and forth and it's like they, they don't feel as settled you know sometimes I think about that story of Wes um, just kind of sitting there playing and the guitar is super steady and he's just flowing all over the instrument you know and it seems to be easy so I think that's that's sort of where my head's at but you guys have experienced this I'm sure right oh yeah yeah I mean I've, I've had a shoulder injury for two years that I've been battling and it's it's bursitis in my left shoulder and it's really painful if I'm not sitting a proper way and it's changed this way this kind of strap I use I used to use um, leather straps because I just like that 
they kind of have a vibe to them and they they roll up easy and put into a gig bag. Yeah. And a vinyl strap to me kind of looks a little dorky. But the vinyl strap that has a little bit of give in the strap helps support instruments that weigh different weights. Like this ES-335 I'm holding is one of the heavier guitars that I play, but it's also one that I I teach on the most. I love teaching at my desk with this guitar because I don't bang it into the desk and it's just easier to kind of manage. But my Marchione is like super, super lightweight. So when I play that guitar... It's funny, when, when I play a lighter guitar, my neck goes up because I'm compensating for the weight off of not playing the L5 or not playing the 335, mm. and um, and it it will cause my shoulder to go up, and that's what kicks in a lot of shoulder pain for me. Yeah. Uh, so I notice bursitis, and the way I'm sitting and standing, I'm trying to make it the same. So when I play, when I sit, and then I stand up, I want the guitar to be in a similar place. For me that's good that's all sounds good man yeah can i add something i think that's very poignant to what you guys are talking about is um i think every musician should get a theragun or something similar <clears throat> i got um a bondier for christmas mm-hmm. what are you what are you smiling about perry and um <laughs> man you know honestly i'm at the point where if i can like i have to remind myself sometimes hold on before you play just use that thing for five minutes. Like I use it on my right wrist because I got a injury last January recording so much using a mouse. So first ditch the mouse and get a trackpad and get a Theragun and just like find, you know, John, your left shoulder, my right shoulder and neck, it, it has a ton of tension. It's kind of constant. And like, man, every, every morning use hmm. the, use the Theragun for sure. Interesting. I should, there's a, there's a, guy here in LA his name is Lynn Paul Taylor and he's like the therapist for all the LA Phil musicians mm-hmm. and he works on people like Yo-Yo Ma when they come to town and he's really fascinating guy to go to talk to because the first time I met him with my injury he didn't even know what instrument I, he doesn't want you to write down what instrument you play and you walk in and he's just like you're a guitar player aren't you your neck is like all over the place mm-hmm. and your C1 vertebrae is out of alignment and he said um, there's this thing called a Theragun that you might want to get and it's just reminding me I, I need to go <laughs> I need to go get one where do you find something like that Will on Amazon? You know I think <laughs> this one came from Costco um, however mm-hmm. like the Theragun itself, I think, is like a $500 device. I don't have that one. I, sw- I think this one is probably like $75 or something. And it's mm. it's awesome. It comes with a bunch of different, like, um, massage gun balls. Nice. You know, so hey, I wonder you if can we pick can get your ball some, size. I wonder if we can get some massage gun balls with the high action logo and put them in our Teespring store right next to our coffee mugs. You know, it'd be a good branded item for us. Right? High action massage balls. There oh we my go. God. I'm not even yeah, going to touch this because there's just so many jokes going through Yeah, the my shaved head. balls incident, perhaps, <laughs> Perry. Is yeah. that what you're thinking? Just so we got to save that one for our episode on hilarious gig stories with the New West Guitar Group because we've got several high action episodes we can yeah. do with that. I don't even sure. want to know what your New Year's resolution is, Will, after you're talking about <laughs> Theraguns and massage balls, but I digress. <laughs> so let's let's move on to John's resolution. What do you, what do you got here right. for us, buddy? Well, let me, I'll tell you one, but before I had a question for Will, are you still using a footstool? Because last time I'm, we hung, you were playing oh, a f- with a footstool a that lot. Could, that I'm could play into it. My foot is on a footstool right now. Which which foot, or your right or your left? You know, I use my right foot, which is mm-hmm. kind of, I think, most classical people use their left to elevate the neck. Yeah. But for me, what I find is I used to like cross my feet and arch them downward 
to to give a little lift especially playing solo guitar we've all been playing a lot alone at home so Mm -hmm. just lifting up my right foot just literally makes it 10 times more comfortable Mm -hmm. Um, and i think close to perry's thing probably makes me lean down a little less you know um, so I'm 100% footstool. I think that's a wonderful thing if you're sitting, especially for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, maybe it's because I'm kind of a bigger guy, so I've got kind of a bigger belly uh-huh. <laughs> and like using a footstool was always tricky for me, even as a kid. So my teacher had me go onto an A-frame and then a dinerette cushion, which basically puts a classical guitar in the same position, but it keeps your feet on the ground. Right. And when I did the master class with Christopher Parkening, he kind of scolded me on using it. He said, you need to use a footstool mm. to have the proper posture. And I said, well, I've got back pain. And he was just like, you just have to do yoga or something to like loosen up your back. It was kind of interesting, very like old school. But again, that's Christopher Parkening. But it'd be like going to a Pat Metheny master class and talking about jazz guitar with him. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, I found that interesting. And I found my footstool while I was moving. And I've got it over here. I'm going to experiment a little bit with that to maybe help compensate for my left shoulder. Um, but I'm always curious because I, I find that when you fi- talk to guitar players in their 30s, and into their 40s, yeah. that's when a lot of the injuries start kind of showing up. And it's, I'm always interested how people are kind of compensating, like you said, Will, for your wrist mm-hmm. or Perry for your you know, your back, like keeping things really aligned. I remember you always having great posture at USC. I remember that was like a big thing that you were always working on. And it's something that for me has been a, a major challenge. I think it's a it's a physical fitness issue. It, like it also the, tight, and- the better your core and the more flexible yeah. you are and the better you feel, the better posture you're going to have. But the more tired you are, the more luggish you are. After a long day of traveling, sitting in an airplane, I mean, those photos of us on tour, right. my everything is just over and I'm kind of hunched over. You know, it's it's about having some good routines on the road. So that's a that's a great New Year's resolution, Perry, to have for sure. And let me just add to that. I've done yoga for a lot of years, and it really does help your posture when it comes to guitar playing and, and a lot of other ways, just kind of gaining that sort of core strength that you need. Um, it's definitely been something that's been on my mind for a lot of years, but I don't always actually practice it successfully. Um, mm-hmm. There's plenty of times, whether it's doing desk work or teaching or whatever, recording, um, where my posture is terrible. So anyway, yeah. something to work on for me for the New Year's, and it sounds like you guys are both into it too. So, yeah. uh, John, you got yeah. something to add to the pot? Yeah, definitely. Um, and thanks for letting me vamp on that for a minute. So. Um, with moving into a new space, like my new living situation, which is a lot bigger and way more outfitted for both my business and just my personal life. Um, one of my goals this year is to just turn off the cell phone and my iWatch and my iPad and put it in the office and not kind of have a device free area where I'm, I'm resting at at night. And so one goal I'm going to attach to that with my guitar playing is since my phone and everything is in my office, for the first 20 minutes a day when I wake up, because um, I've been getting up a lot earlier these days, um, first 20 minutes before I turn on the phone, before I turn on the email, before I turn on anything, um, I just want to play for like 20 minutes. And whether it's free improvisation or run through some scales or take out a piece of manuscript paper and write 12, write a 12 bar blues. I mean, really anything, but I'm limiting myself to about 20 minutes because boy, I tell you, it was really hard this morning. Like I wanted to look on my phone so bad to see what emails or what texts or 
what came in. And I'm just, I'm finding that addiction to these devices it is a major distraction when, you know, we've devoted our life to something like this, which is kind of the anti device. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, all of us work on guitar just as hard today as we did in 1996 or something, you know, it's, it's like, this is not something that's changed, but the one thing that has changed so much in our world is all this distraction and, and all of this stuff. And I find that when I do, I've been doing this the last few days, um, it just start off way more um, organized in the morning and way more ready to like get creative on the instrument. And um, it's just, it's kind of a form of meditation, but also a form of disconnecting. So that that's yeah. my big New Year's resolution. And I'm keeping a separate calendar with a Sharpie and Xing out all the days that I there do it go. to keep myself motivated keeping, to stay on track. Keeping the streak alive. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it goes to the distractions that we all deal with, right? And the fact how that influences our playing. Uh, so I think that's a really smart idea. You mm-hmm. want to play a little something for us? Ring in the new Yeah, ring I mean, um, and if for those high action listeners who have their guitars with them, you know, you could try this too. Um, you could pause the podcast for a second, grab your guitar, and set just set a timer. I won't do it now for time's sake, but set a timer and play. Start with one note and play up the neck and play melodically on like one or two strings at most. And then if you feel inspired to add more notes or inspired to repeat an idea that you played, then repeat that idea so that you can maybe build a theme and maybe it'll turn into some kind of melodic device. So this was what this would sound like. This will be kind of a, just a small exercise. And again, if you have your guitar and you're listening, um, you can try this too right now. It also helps using the bass strings on the guitar as kind of a drone, so you can hit your low E, and then from there, you can add on top of it, you know. a note like I did at the top my string rolled off the fret or it's it's all the goal is to try not get distracted by imperfections or distracted by what you're doing and one of my mentors who does this a lot is Larry Koontz and he talks a lot about this in his clinics when students ask about practice routine um, because Larry gets asked that a ton and he says the most important thing to a creative practice routine is to start right away with free improvisation so 
um, to me, that just is a, just kind of been a fun way to start the day. And with all the guitars out now that I've got them all out, some mornings I'll come in here and grab my classical or grab the baritone or grab the, um, acoustic L5 or something. And yeah. it's, it's been fun to dive into that too. You got the, you got the candy shop. I like it. And yeah, our, our mentor, Joe DiOrio talked a lot about free improvisation and how that kind of sets your mind in a fairly creative way. So absolutely. All good points. Mr. Brom, what do you got for us for the new year? Yes. So for the new year, my my goal is to get back in the studio with some live cats um, mm. and record all this music that I've been sitting on. Um, I started recording it. I started building it at home by myself. And, and that really forced me to, when you're just alone listening to your sound... At least for me, I there was just I was finding so many things I wasn't liking about my sound, leading me down the rabbit hole of just really exploring ways to get different sounds, you know. Mm -hmm. And now um, I'm just super eager. I mean, maybe I'll keep some of the stuff I did at home because it was certainly you know it had a vibe, but but to get into the studio and do it live, you just immediately feed off of, and you know, with all this COVID stuff and. It's like, okay, like I'm so ready to get back in the studio and spend four days working on like, I don't know, seven songs with, with a trio or a quartet and just get into it. And because that exponentially increases the, you know, if they add information and if they add ideas to the arrangements, I'm missing that. And I did a, a session with a drummer for his album um, a couple months ago and we did that. We spent hours and hours maybe working on one arrangement and I was like oh man this is this this is what has been missing so that's my new year's resolution is like maybe do two two studio albums maybe one live album um with cats that's it like enough of this recording at home stuff at least for me for now <laughs> it's a good one man yeah you yeah. gotta gotta collaborate with people to push you in new ways absolutely um, a lot of inspiring musicians in LA, so you'll you'll have plenty to choose from. That's cool. Do you have anything you want to play? Ring in the you know, ring something in the else year? I need to work on is is just really shedding slower tempos. Mm. So I was just like working on Sweet Georgia Brown last night. So maybe I'll just try Sweet Georgia Brown and I'll try not to play a hundred notes and double time it. Wish Good luck. Me luck. <laughs> <laughs>
might have dropped an A section in there somewhere. Nice. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> just trying to. I just want to slow things down. I, I dig that. Yeah, I've been thinking about that too. About just kind of like sticking in it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. not feeling mm-hmm. like you have to play your double time triplet licks or whatever. Just kind of sticking with the vibe for three or four minutes when you're playing the tune. You know, and just letting it be that. And oftentimes. When I listen back to those kinds of things, I'm like, oh, that sounds good. I want to keep listening to that, you know. So it's it's good. It's all about focus. It seems like a lot of the things that the three of us are talking about just come down to focusing in, you know, whether it's focusing your, your posture, focusing your mind, like John's talking about, focusing your approach, like you're talking about, Will. So that's cool. All, all good stuff, I think, we're ringing in. Very inspiring stuff, too. Um, okay, well, speaking of inspiring stuff, I thought this we could have a fun little uh, game here as we wrap up this episode. Um, I have five different tracks that I want to play for you guys. I'm going to drop the needle on these. And the only thing I'm going to tell you guys is that these are all artists who we interviewed last season on season one of High Action. So for the listeners, if you guys aren't familiar with our first season, go back and check it out. We interviewed a ton of really great guitar players. Um, I'd say a really cool variety of uh, really leading jazz guitar players, and not just jazz, blues guitar players, all kinds of cool stuff. So I took just a couple of tracks from um, some of the people that are really inspiring to me, and I wanted to see if you guys can get them. I'll be surprised if you don't get them, especially this first one. But let's play and dig on this track, and then um, let's see uh, who thinks they got the artist after we hear this. All right, here we go. Here's mystery track number one. What do you think, John? It's Leonello A.K. Is, isn't it Virgin Forest? Is that the name of that record? That is. And that's yeah. his song, Rosinal, which mm-hmm. uh, is just such a cool vibe from that record. I think that record is old now. I mean, old in the sense that it's like 10 or 15 years old, I think. I think it's like 2006 or seven. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, about right. Yeah. Um, really wonderful record. We had the pleasure of talking to Leonel and just has such a natural approach, you know, like he's using his fingers, uh, nylon string, just has an incredible trio he's played with for a long time. Will, did you get that one? Was pretty obvious. Oh, yeah. That's Leonel's got such a, a sound and, you know, he, hearing the voice is always a dead giveaway too, but he's, and that's funny you say that was like 2006 or 2007 because man, he, he was already had his sound, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That record I thought really, uh, helped define it for him in, in mm-hmm. some ways, but Let's let's check out this next mystery track, number two. Let's see see if you guys can get this one. This one's the track's gonna play for a little longer, but let's see if you can get this one. Mm-hmm. 
you think, Will? You got it. Would gotta, that be Mr. Mike Moreno? It is. It yeah. is. I knew you guys were going to get these. Man, I, I was like, his vibrato always stands out so much to me. It's really interesting. I, I wonder, you know, I mean, it's obviously a thing he's developed, but I've only really heard him play on the Marquion guitars, especially in the last, you know, I don't know, 10 years or so. So his vibrato is just unmistakable. And it's, you know, yeah, he's got, it's got like a sharp ring to it. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He, he can kind of like, get a wonderful sustain that is also kind of like a soaring tone uh mm-hmm. which i love about his playing among lots of things and he's just super dedicated to the craft you can hear it you know mm-hmm. uh, his playing is really honed uh yeah that's that's a record that he did um and and the song is called the big push and i think that record was like at least 10 years ago or something on crisscross for him i believe mm-hmm. uh, but yeah just a great sound one of my favorite dudes Uh, Let's keep going here. Let's see if we can get mystery track number three. John, oh, yeah. those, those are some pretty swinging triplets, man. I don't know. <laughs> Who do you think that could be? Hmm, Pat Metheny? No, no, that is. Uh, oh wait, we didn't have him on. Uh, we didn't have him on season one. Um, that's Bruce. It is sure. Bruce, the great, yep. the great Bruce, the great Bruce Foreman. Uh, yeah, huge influence on us, and uh, a guy I've known for a while. And that's from his new record, Reunion, which yeah. I highly recommend everybody check out. Uh, that record, that track is called "Feel the Barn." <laughs> Man, it's just it, yeah. it never ends with it's him. It's so good. Feel the barn. He's just got never ends with him. And yeah, that is a great record. And you know, the whole story about him getting Barney Kessel's guitar is amazing. And um, one thing that always fascinates me about Bruce, I think Bruce gives all of us kind of youngsters that never saw you know, Joe Pass and Barney Kessel and all those guys. I mean, he saw, he knew all those guys kind of gives us a window into how they, how they played the guitar. Like they really played the guitar heavily in terms of the, the digging in. Yeah. Barney's pretty obvious on record. I mean, Joe, when he recorded played a lot more sensitive, but you watch the videos of him playing with Oscar and he is digging in really hard. So is Herb, all those guys. And it's cool to see Bruce live because it really gives you kind of that insight. And I don't like using the word like keeper of the flame because nobody really is. Everybody's themselves, but he definitely shows us a little bit of what he saw from a lot of those players. It's yeah. Fascinating. And it's just a fucking swinging jazz guitar trio record, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's crazy yeah. to say that that doesn't happen all that often. You know what I mean? People don't put that out all that much. Certainly someone like Bruce, it's just awesome to hear him play that way. Especially when he's backed with by John Clayton and Jeff Hamilton. They're not uh, not too shabby, obviously. Okay, here's the last track. Uh, it shouldn't be a mystery to anybody, but it was definitely 
um, one of the most exciting guests that we had on the podcast last season. gave it away when you said one of the most exciting guests i literally gave it be, away it the moment i pushed play okay the moment <laughs> i pushed play i think i literally it has gave to it be away. sco of course it's yeah. sco the great john schofield the very first guest we had on season one uh which it's crazy to look back at that time the pandemic was fairly new and i remember we were interviewing sco up in his uh attic via zoom and his Wi-Fi was going in and out, and we were just sort of trying to connect with him during this crazy time for all of us. And he couldn't have been more generous and uh, supportive and just encouraging to all of us. So big shout out to John Schofield, um, a huge inspiration to all of us. And I'm sure everybody who plays guitar and really is involved in improvisation or just music in general, he's kind of the man. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's been a fun ride these last couple seasons and we got a lot more to talk about this year. So uh, again, thank you to everybody who's been joining us um, each week. I really want to encourage people to sign up on our Patreon to kind of keep directly supporting our podcast. That's really what helps make it possible for all of us. Go check out patreon.com slash new west guitar group and you can uh, see all the things we're offering on there and we really appreciate your support we also appreciate the support of Henriksen amplifiers um, as we mentioned they're our sponsor and partner today on the podcast so check them out at henriksenamplifiers.com uh, john will do you guys want to add anything else here before we uh sign off on this episode Quick, Will? list your favorite Schofield album. Mine is Loud Jazz. Oh, yeah. I, I like Bump because it was the first one I heard, and it just like, it blew me out of the water what was on that record. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Perry? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to go with that record that I just played from, which I think is called I'll Catch You, because it's got Billy Higgins oh. on it. And man, that's just like, to me, hearing Schofield and Billy Higgins just really is phenomenal. Um, but there's a lot of good Schofield albums. Uh, everything he did with Lovano is awesome as well. I mean, it's you can go so deep on that. But anyway, we'll perhaps have to do a whole episode on Schofield again if, if possible. Mm -hmm. But we really thank you guys for being around. And uh, dudes, have a great week. And uh, I'll see you next week, okay? Rock on. Rock on.